Welcome to Siren Sundays. This show is focused on speaking with researchers, scientists, and practitioners of environmental sciences and all things conservation in the Bahamas. Because if you didn't know, the Bahamas is so much more than just beaches. now tuning in to our conservation conversation. What's flashing? Welcome to season seven, episode four of Siren Sundays with me, your host, Lashanti the Siren. And today we have our first time guest, Mermaid Katie, aka Katie Store. How are you? I'm great. I love the <laughs> intro, by the way. <laughs> I do. I feel like I was, as I was watching it play, I was like, man, this is the type of stuff Katie is doing. I hope she don't look at this and be like, no, we could we could fix this. Like there's there's some things we could do here, but thank I, you. <laughs> I actually really love the part where you said the Bahamas is more than just beaches. I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know because a lot of times I think people just automatically assume because oh, Siren Sunday, Siren is a mermaid. I focus yeah. on just the marine and just beaches, and I'm like, nope. We talk about all aspects of conservation in the Bahamas, and today we're going to talk about the things that you are doing in the Bahamas. And how you're an oceanpreneur. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So I would love, love, love for you to tell our viewers, you know, what was your journey like? Like, how did you get into being an oceanpreneur? And then you can define it um, when we get to that part. But I would love to hear about your journey. Ooh, my journey. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, I like to say I, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I should say that first. <laughs> and um, my name is Katie Store. I like I said, I'm an ocean pioneer. And um, the way I got to that journey was basically I was born in the ocean. I, I like to call it that because my father, growing up, was a yacht captain. So there wasn't a day that I was not in the ocean when I was around my father. So I got to do all sorts of things. I learned how to free dive really early. I learned how to breathe in underwater very early because he used to manage a lot of dive boats. So I would get to, you know, put the regulator on and the mask and do all that stuff and check people off on the list. I always I always think about that now and I get so excited because I can't believe I used to do that as such a young kid, you know. So pretty much it it kind of defined to my future. That's I did it at such a young age that even though I went into corporate, I didn't like corporate. Like for, for yeah, like for a few years, maybe let's say about six years I was in corporate. Oh, wow. And I just kept like gravitating back to, you know, wanting to be in the ocean. So, you know, it's just, I just ended up doing that, you know. And I worked at a dive shop for quite some time. And so that kind of also molded the way my future you know, I got to experience a lot working at the dive shop as a dive instructor. And so pretty much that that's how I got here. You know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the experiences that I went through when I worked at the dive shop, um, I mean, some of them were good. Some of them were bad. <laughs> but um, I feel like those are the experiences that really shaped me as an entrepreneur being in the ocean. So I was able to really like use those experiences to 
you know, create this company that I have, which is the Mer Squad Yachting. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got here. You know, a little bit of, of my childhood, a little bit of my teenage years I spent in the ocean. And then six years of it was corporate. And then I went for eight years and worked at a dive shop. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think it is going to be interesting just to know, because I feel like we never really hear too much about people who have lived or spent part of their life on islands in the South. And, you know, San Salvador is one of those islands. That it's like, yes. it's South, but it's like flung a little bit out. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like, I know because I, I recently went to, from Nassau to Conception. Ooh. Yeah. On like a 35 foot boat. We stopped on the way. Obviously we had okay. to, you know. <laughs> accommodate ourselves overnight and things like that and then we went from cat island to conception in a day and then we when we were going back to cat island we all decided that we wanted to go to san salvador so we turned the boat around and like headed headed up there and ended up there and i was like when are we going to end up home <laughs> it just felt so far away i didn't yeah. realize how far out it was being on such a small boat because i've only traveled there on a bigger boat mm -hmm. so that's when i realized i'm out in the wilderness <laughs> would you say um spending time in san salvador was it really also helped you get into the ocean and, and just, oh yes. yeah yeah because they used to be the number one, if not still, number one dive site, I feel like in the world. I don't know if that's just me being biased, but it definitely was this huge boom in diving in San Salvador. I mean, so many of those dive sites are gorgeous. I mean, it's in a protected area now. Um, yes. So would you say you've had a chance to visit like maybe all of the dive sites in San Salvador? Yes. So it when I was growing up, my father actually worked for Club Med. So, yes, I spent a lot of time in San Salvador as a child. Um, eight summers I spent with my grandmother, and I did get a chance to go to the dive. I actually got my, uh, I think it was my advance and my rescue. I both did at the Club Med in San Salvador. Nice. Yep. So I was able to do that. But also, when I became certified, my dad, <laughs> he would literally just, like, drop me in in the water and let me drift all the dive sites so i've had like yeah i've had like years of doing that with my father <laughs> that was always a lot of fun and and he allowed me to do it by myself don't have a dive by yourself okay <laughs> <laughs> but um it was it was really cool to do that to have that experience though you know hmm. yeah so and what would what is your definition of an ocean preneur i feel like am i saying that wrong? yes so a lot of my businesses are basically, um, they're in the blue economy. So that's why I call it an oceanpreneur because it's, I'm an entrepreneur that has businesses in the, that have to do with ocean, you know, as an ocean career. Mm -hmm. so like, for instance, the yachting industry is one of them. And then the scuba industry is one of them. So they're basically both in the ocean. So <laughs> that's why I came up with that definition. Yeah. I know one of the things that I first learned about you or when I heard about you a few years ago was your underwater photography. And I was so blown away by some of the imagery. And I just wonder what, at what point was it that you got a camera in your hand and you were underwater and this became something that you started doing? Okay. Well, funny thing is, like I said, I was in corporate. So I worked in IT and I had like the best job in IT. Like I was making four figures of a week, like really seriously. Wow, and um, good. I just wasn't happy with it. 
And I looked in the papers one day, I think my grandmother sent it to me and I had voiced about how I wanted to, you know, become a dive instructor and all that. And I think my grandmother sent me the article and Stuart Cove was looking for an underwater photographer to join their team. And so at the time I was dating someone whose father um, was a well-known wedding photographer and I always had a camera, you know, and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I know I can do this. You know, I, I scuba dive. I take photos on land. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I psyched myself up and I went for the interview and I didn't think I would get it because I showed up at the interview in heels and a, a like a, a pin, a pin. What did you call it? Like those skirts that are the pencil like, skirts. Yes. And I was like, am I going to get this job? They think I'm crazy walking on this dock, you know. And I actually got the job and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. So, you know, and I was like, it was it was fun. I actually got in when I got into it. I was a bit nervous about it, but it just it somehow just became like first nature, to be honest, like not even second, like first nature, like. I went down, I had the camera in my hand and I just, you know, obviously I got training, um, yeah. but it was, it just came very naturally. You know, um, my mother is a artist. So, and my father is a boat captain. So I basically both have both worlds, creativity and the, you know, the boating the scene, side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that just worked out. And I, and honestly, for the first month or two, I just couldn't believe that I was actually doing that. And then I had that job and that I left my four figure job, <laughs> you know, taking a huge pay cut. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm going to risk it because I knew, I know this is what I want to do and I'm determined to do it and I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah. <laughs> what a, what a, like a testimony, right? Like you just knew that you did not want to be in corporate anymore. And I actually, that makes me think of a friend that I had that also, was in corporate and just for whatever reason she she couldn't even swim well she's like i want to be a stewardess i want to be a stewardess and i was like okay you got to get better at swimming and i remember you know helping her swim in, and now she is right and, and i even connected her with you a while back but it's so, so important pardon i said you did yeah i did right and so i think it's just always so important that you really got to follow your passion and, and the career that we're in, anything related to the ocean and the environment. It is such a passion career. Like you don't, you don't get into it for the money because you, you're more fulfilled internally in hopes that eventually you do start, <laughs> start making good money. But I would love to hear how um, Mermaid Katie came about. You know, when did you start, uh, or I guess rebrand yourself as Mermaid Katie? Oh, a while. <laughs> okay. Well, I would say that happened sometime around 2011 or 12 or something like that. But I, I did, um, it did happen because of the dive shop, because of working there. Yeah. And I wanted to show my pictures and all of that. And then it, it I, I think I remember actually, it happened when, and this is, this isn't, I think I've told the story a lot of times. Um, I went onto the internet and I wanted to find other people that looked like me because I was actually going through some, you know, racism and racial things at work with being a black female and an underwater photographer and all this. So 
I one day went onto the internet and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to find somebody that looks like me. And I'm, you know, there has to be somebody that's that could, I could, you know, be inspired by who's superhero and all this stuff, you know, and I started looking and it was like, no one, <laughs> I couldn't find, I couldn't find anybody that looks like me and I couldn't find anybody that did the things I did. And, you know, it, for a while I sat with it and I was very, very depressed about it because I, I just, I don't know why I wanted company. I just wanted someone else to talk to, you know, mm -hmm. and I couldn't find that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be my own superhero. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to pave the way for other people that are looking for people because there's someone else out there looking for someone just like me, you know? So then I ended up making Mermaid Katie and I, you know, I did Instagram, I did Facebook. I, you know, I think I did um, Twitter as well. And I was like, people are going to find me. Trust me. I'm going to post all my pictures. People are going to see that black people can do this in the ocean. And, you know, I'm doing it. So I'm a testimony. And that's what I did. And that's how I became Mermaid Katie. You know, and I definitely think you were one of the first people that I met or found rather, because I think I met you a while after. But when mm -hmm. I found you, I was and that's crazy that you said that you were one of the people I found that inspired me to really just kind of embrace that mermaid, you know? Yeah. And I, I'll never forget the first time I got to meet Katie in person. Uh, it was through our mutual friend, Lindsay. I was like, I'm going to get to meet mermaid Katie. Like we're going to all sit down and talk and try to do something. And then even the day when we took pictures together, I was like, this is my first picture with mermaid Katie. Like, I feel like a fangirl right now. Like we're in a picture together. Like we're hanging out. Like, and it just, and it, it goes back to that, right? Like it was just so nice to see that, there was someone else that you know looks like me that was doing these things because it is really hard to find you know black women in marine science i think there's just so much stigma against you know black people in general getting into anything marine you know we have a lot of bahamians that can't swim like over 90 percent of our population and so then now finding a woman who is involved in this field you know we most of the scuba divers are men you go to these boating areas and you go to the docks and it's a lot of men simply because there's another stigma of oh well black girls don't like to get their hair wet like I like to get my hair wet like what are you talking about so yeah you were definitely one of the first ones that i found and then just see that you were bahamian and then i know when i got a chance uh, i started working at the bahamas national trust that's when i found out more about you and i was like when am i ever going to get to meet this this mermaid katie um but that's when i found out that you did some shark education work are you still are you still doing that like how's that been going <sighs> wow <laughs> oh, put you on the spot. <laughs> so i think that um I think I had spoken to you recently about how I felt about, so when I, let's backtrack a little bit. I think that it'll help to tell the story a little bit more. So yes, I did do a lot of shark education. I'm still a shark for kids ambassador. I mean, I do have a lot of work to catch up on. I won't lie. I have so much going on and that happens. We're all human. Um, but when I, so 2021, I actually got a grant from, um, and you know, you were a part of it, Gillette Venus as a wave maker. So, you know, and the grant allowed me to create an ocean literacy program. And this, that had been something that I wanted to do for such a long time. I mean, I have books where I scribbled tons of books of scribbling of like what I wanted to do and all these educational programs I wanted to start, like shark, bringing the kids with sharks, like all sorts of stuff. And when I first did that program, yes, it was exciting. I, I will encourage anybody to, you know, do something of that sort. But it was also an eye opener for me because I realized that 
I needed money to do the things that I needed to do and access and boats and people. And, you know, and I, and that was a hard realization because I wanted to do all these things. And I'm like, how am I going to do that? You know, and I sat on it for a while and I thought about it. I even stopped using social media for a good minute because I was like, really like not discouraged, but I wanted to focus on figuring out how to create these things and have the funding for it because it's hard. You can go to other, you can get funding from other, you know, financial institutions, but sometimes it's hard. I got funding and I still had to put a lot of my money into that program, you know? So when I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to focus really hard on my brand. I'm going to focus really hard on my business. That way I can pump the necessary funds into these programs myself. And that required a lot of restructuring of my company. So then I would be able to fund these things myself, you know, with the help of anybody that wants to fund. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm still doing these things. I'm a little bit quiet, I'm a little silent, but I'm coming out. <laughs> Real G's move in silence. Yes. Exactly. Like <laughs> so that's what I've been focusing on. I've really been focusing on making the money and saving it and it really investing it into my company as well. Because mm -hmm. that's going to be the vessel that is going to help with staring my ship, you know? Yeah. So I really need to make sure that, and, and that's been my primary focus. And I'm sorry that I'm so, like, I've been so, you know, missing an action, but that's what I've been doing. <laughs> no, but, and, and that's not even something I think you should have to apologize for. I think it's so important that, again, with these passion projects, you, you put so much, even just besides the money that you now have to also put in, it takes a lot of of your heart, you know, and of your soul. And, and sometimes just taking a step back and disappearing and dropping off the map for a while is exactly what you need to come back, re-energize and recharge to do all of the amazing things that you've been doing, but even better than before. Cause you have that minute or two to just look at what you've done and how you can make it better and how you can even, you know, secure more of the funding and even just more of the other resources that you'll need. So don't apologize for that. I think I speak for most of us who, I mean, I know I see Janine was also a mama of <laughs> one of the ocean goddesses that that program was so amazing and it touched me and I was so grateful to even be a part of it. I'm, I'm excited for when it does come back. I'm sure it'll be bigger and better than ever. So don't stress about that. <laughs> But I would love for you uh, to talk a bit about, because, you know, you talked about your business and you mentioned the Mer Squad Yachting. So what mm -hmm. made you decide to just full on focus on that and, and build that out as a business? Okay, well, besides the programs, um, I work for myself. <laughs> I got to have money to pay my bills. So that was the, that was the main reason why, you know, but also it's a, it's it started off and it's crazy. That company started off. I started that business plan in 2014 and it's now literally has been birthed. It came into fruition. Um, and when I started it off, it was just me. And then I had to hire, I had to expand and I knew nothing of what that looks like. So for those of you that know, don't know, I've never been to college. I'm, I've, I have no college education. So a lot of things that I am 
figuring out and doing, I'm figuring out along the way, along my journey. So, you know, I'm paying to get certain certifications so that I have the knowledge and I can pass it on to others. But the main, that became my primary focus because like I said, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I have to make money. And so, and it, it's, it's, it evolves, it revolves around the ocean and it's the direct industry and demographic that I've been in for a while. So I just was like, you know what? Hey, I might as well make this passion into a business. And that's what it became, you know? And honestly, I didn't expect it to be so huge. Um, and then one day I just woke up and it was like, people were calling me, people were texting me. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, where the hell did I get all of these customers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I so- think- you landed yeah. right in the perfect niche. Uh, like I, that's exactly what that sounds like. You just kind of kept following your gut and you just bloop, right where you needed to be. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've never actually done any formal marketing for my company at all. Wow, it's really? No, this year is actually going to be the first um, market ca- marketing campaign that I have. Um, and a huge one um, mm-hmm. magazine and all sorts of different campaigns going on. Trust me, you're going to see. Um, but <laughs> I've never done formal marketing. It's all been word of mouth. It's all been a client that I had passed it on to another client and then that client passed it on to another. So, and that just explains, that shows that if you like, if you really apply yourself and you're determined and you do your job to the best of your ability and you, you know, you do what you love and you just, just do it. Don't, you know, don't try to pretend to be someone else. Just be yourself, be authentically you. And people will gravitate towards you and they would, they want to hear your story. They want to hear how you got into this and the story defines the brand, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. that's basically what happened and how I got into it. And I pushed forward and I I like to say, just keep swimming. That's my motto. (laughs) Definitely. And I I think, and just as uh, one of our guests said, organic marketing is the best. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I was just surprised to hear you say that. I really, because it just, it blew up, like you said, so fast. I had no idea that it was all just from word of mouth. But like you said, I think that's just such a, a testament again of how important it is to do it and do it well. Because if you didn't do it well, you yeah. would have not been referred. People would not be blowing up your phone and people would not be coming to you looking to be involved and get in training and all these other things. And so um, congratulations. I'm excited for your marketing yeah. campaign. And, and the fact that you hadn't done one already, I'm just like, you're about to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> you want to blow the beep up. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, I guess it's surprising because I've always been about quality, you know, when it comes to even just images and just anything I've done, anything I've ever done, I've done it big. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always like, okay, I'm gonna do it big or go home. And then I do it big. And I'm like, why did I do <laughs> Why did I do this? You know, it's at it's the same, even with the ocean goddess, it was the same thing. You know, I was like, Katie, why did you, do you live to stress yourself out? Like, you know, so. <laughs> and one of the things I know, um, cause I do want to start asking you about common misconceptions, but I do want to highlight um, being melanated in the yachting field. And I know you have like the little, um, oh, I don't want to mess it up. Is it melanated yachties? Melon and Yachties, yes. Melon and Yachties. And, and I think, again, it goes back to, you know, we talked about how you don't really see women involved in anything marine, but mm. to take it further, you don't see 
people of color involved in things marine, especially when you go on a more global scale. A lot of Bahamians are we're in a bubble, right? Like we see more people of color around us. And so most of the industries that people are in are dominated by people of color. But when you get on that big scale of yachting, which is a huge industry here in the Bahamas, you, can, you can't see a lot of, one, Bahamians, but also Black people or people of color, any color besides Caucasian, involved in these things. So what was that like when you kind of just, you know, launched this Melanin um, Yachties? Well, so Melanin Yachties is actually, so I was trying to create avenues for more Bahamians and Black Yachties to have a community as a safe space, and then also to create some type of funding. So I was like, all right, I can do this. I'm gonna sell hats. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sell hats and shirts and all of the money is going to go towards, and I it has, I've actually funded um, maybe three so far, three people to get like their boating. Um, so their uh, captain's license, their SCCW, you know, so none of that money from those hats, I that doesn't go to me. That goes to you. You know what I mean? If any of you want to, yeah. So, um, but I haven't I haven't taken off with that as yet. But but to answer your question, it was very hard at the beginning. I and I, I shared this story with Sandy before. It's been really tough. Okay, like I've had nights I cried myself to sleep. You know, because someone said something really harsh or mean to me. You know, I've even had someone tell me my face was strong. And then when I asked her what it was, she was like, oh, it's because you're black. <laughs> and then she turned it all around and made it seem like she was the victim. You know, so oh. I've, had, I've had a lot of things, especially being, I would say, being a person of color in such a high position in the industry. Yeah. Um, and not to say that people that are just starting off aren't going to have the same issues. You are, <laughs> just so you know, I'm warning. Mm -hmm, At mm -hmm. some point, you're going to face some type of racism, you know, because they don't associate us with being good at something or knowing how to do something or, you know. But being someone that is a manager like for instance, I manage an, an interior estate. So the interior of an estate, I also manage a few yachts. You know, I'm a chief stewardess. Yes, I have that on paper. I have the experience. Let them know. <laughs> people, when I tell them, they're like, oh, you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, but having the certifications and having the experience, it's like automatically when they see it on my CV, they automatically think I'm lying. You know, so that mm. that has been something that I've had to deal with for a very long time. And I'm so I have so much gratitude for the people that have believed in me, that have supported me and that have taught me along the way, because the journey has been very hard. You know, if I didn't have such a great support system and a huge village, I think I would have given up a long time ago and I probably would have not have even done it you know um so yeah <laughs> that's how it's been but on the on the bright side <laughs> on the bright side i've i've made a lot of connections i've learned a, a ton tons i can't even begin to even talk about how much i've learned on the way 
and the people that I've ran into. And, you know, even my manager at the island that I work on, you know, like if she didn't believe in, in me, I don't know where I would have been. You know, I probably, if it was someone else that was the manager, I probably wouldn't have even been a manager or in the position I am, I'm, I'm at. And sometimes I close my eyes and I'm like, I really can't believe I am here. And sometimes I open my eyes and I look around and I'm like, I'm not, excuse my expression, but F, I'm here. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, so, but it's still, in all things, we have to always remember those, even if you're during climbing up that ladder, you have to remain humble. And I think that's the most important thing. Even through all of it, I stayed humble. I stayed myself. I, If someone got on my nerves or someone said something that, you know, was wrong, I said what I had to say. And that was it. You know, <laughs> never like allowed anybody to take advantage of me, to run over me. I always spoke my truth. And I think that's the reason why I got to where I am today. That's that's an important thing to to say to people, especially as you said, you know, people of color, women of color, when you climb the ladder, a lot of times there will be people who will just say things just just to be nasty and just to discourage you or just to get you in a situation that can now compromise your reputation. And so it's so important just to to hold yourself at a standard, speak your truth calmly, clearly and walk away, you know, because a lot of times it will just be to to rattle you and just to like I said, just ruin your reputation, you know, and, and it's very easy for black women to become that angry black woman that everybody wants to work with. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and just to bring it back, I, I'm very interested to hear if, if there are any others that are other misconceptions that you might have been hearing, you know, throughout the different industries that you've worked in. Can you please repeat that? Because my internet was so tripping. <laughs> and you know, I think we had a glitch earlier, and I will just as a disclaimer to everyone: Katie's on a remote island. <laughs> I on the far end of Nassau, so I don't know what happened to my internet. <laughs> I know she got some struggles because you know we don't check for the far flung islands, and sadly, but yes. yeah. So my question was: <laughs> Are there any other like common misconceptions that you found, um, even if it's just Bahamians looking from the outside into your industry? Um, that you know is not really true it went again but i think you said <laughs> common misconceptions yes yes okay so <laughs> some of the common misconceptions okay so i would i would say exactly what we just talked about is one mm -hmm. um so a lot of times people believe that because you're black or you're a person of color, this industry is not for you. Oh, I can't swim. I can't do this. You know, I have a friend that she found the ocean in her twenties and she's a free diving instructor now. And, okay. you know, like, so I just feel like don't get discouraged because the skin, the color of your skin, the ocean is for everyone. You're mm -hmm. pink, you're purple, you're green. It doesn't matter what color you are you belong there. So I think that is one. Also the age, a lot of people think, oh, I'm too old. No, I've seen somebody that's 99 and was scuba diving. You remember that? I think he was like a 90, a 90 year old or something like that. Oh, I don't know, but I, it, it's not well, that I was, don't believe you. It's just, that's such a, wow. wow. Yeah, I think it was an article a while back about this guy that was scuba diving in his nineties. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it has nothing to do with your color, your age, your race, nothing. 
you know, when you get underneath there, you can't talk, you can't hear. Sometimes you can't even see colors properly. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you're not, no one's judging you underneath there. You know, you can do that. It's for anybody and the ocean as well. Like even with some people are like, oh, I don't want to start a business. I'm scared to do it. I'm like this community that we have, like even just us, like the community that we're in, we're so supportive. If you want to start a business in the mar marine um, industry or the ocean industry or start an ocean career, reach out to me. Okay. I will help you. I love it. I, I'll I'll be more than happy to guide you and assist you with anything that you need, you know, because I hate for people to think, and I use hate because hate is a strong word. I hate for people to think that they don't belong somewhere because someone told them that they don't, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's some of the misconceptions I think um, of getting into it is like color, race, um, age. age. Yeah. Or another thing is I'm, I didn't go to college. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. and, and I always tell people that I said some of the richest people or most successful people I've met in the Bahamas, it, some of them drop out of high school, you know, mm -hmm. like they, it has nothing to do with formal education. It has everything to do with you being willing to put in the work to put in that reading, to put in the time to learn and craft your skill or, or the industry that you're getting into. And so, especially in the modern age that we're in, everything is so accessible on the internet. Nine out of 10, 99% of the things that you probably want to learn about, somebody doing it on YouTube and they have a breakdown and they have a tutorial and you can go there. And if you need to get certi any certifications, they tell you exactly where to go for the cheapest one. So yeah, going to school has nothing to do with, like it no correlation to success, so. That's what I like to tell people. I went to YouTube University there you, know, you go. <laughs> off that way. Um, but yeah, I, you made a great point. Like a lot of these things as well that you have access to in this generation, I did not. So you have, you have us. You make it sound like you so much, like so old. <laughs> Listen, we, we don't have to age ourselves, <laughs> but, <laughs> but y'all have in y'all generation. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> but it's true. I think it definitely has become more accessible, more readily accessible. I know the smartphones came around in, in what, my mm -hmm. late teens, maybe? And, and some of these kids know how to Google things better than me. But, yes. you know, with, with that great power, right, comes great responsibility. You can't just have access to this information and not use it. Exactly. Um, and I think that's been a big symptom um, of our time. You know, a lot of people just don't. They don't use it. And I think, uh, I can't remember how the phrase goes, but for a generation that has the most access to knowledge, we are probably the least intelligent or just the least educated generation, you know, of all time, you know, like it, nobody has to pick up a book anymore. They assume they can just quickly Google something. Nobody wants to learn or retain information because it's so readily accessible. So, um, that's a that's a whole other point. <laughs> but we do have a we do have a question uh, from a viewer on YouTube, Kalisa Roberts Whitfield. Do you think that the cost associated with it is one of the main impediments? And and I'm guessing they're talking about getting into the yachting and stewardess um, industry. Okay. Um, well, it didn't cost me anything <laughs> at first. 
because honestly, when I started, I didn't, I didn't have any certifications. Hmm. I just literally applied. I, I think I had my STCW. I think I had that at least. And what does that sound for again? I feel like I always forget STCW. I oh we I, okay I don't <laughs> it's a water safety thing. I know that that much. I always mix it up, and I that should be ashamed of myself right now. That's okay. We'll Google it. Y'all Google that. Google Someone tell me in the comments. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's yeah. Anyway, um, okay. yes, yeah, so I think I had that least. I had that with the least. I had that. And then other than that, you can, I know it's a very hard industry to get into because it's kind of like someone has to really believe in you to, you know, or give you a chance because a lot of people look at it like, oh, you're green, you know, and a lot of times the industry is moving so fast. People don't have a lot of time to train you. And, mm -hmm. and that's another thing. So what I did, I knew it was I knew I wanted to get into this, so I saved up my money so I can go to the U.S. I went to, there you go, standards Thanks. of training, <laughs> certification, and watchkeeping. I know it was watchkeeping. I was about to say that. Anyway. I thought that was water. I, <laughs> I was like, something, something, water. Safety, something, something, water. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. So, yes, I, okay, I went to the U.S. I actually went to a few different schools there, um, but I saved up. And I think the first course I did was like $700 or something like that. And now it's different because they actually have some of it online. Oh. Also, you don't have to be certified. You don't have to have a certification. I just decided to do that because I wanted all of the knowledge. I knew that I wanted to climb up the ladder in this industry. I wanted to be able to train at some point, train people. Mm-hmm. You know, so at some point I will have a school to train people in yachting. That's what I want to do. So I knew that I needed to have as much certifications and as much knowledge and as much experience as possible. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's why I did that. But nobody asks. Most they ask for is your SDCW. They don't really ask for certifications. They do ask for experience. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can start off the bare minimum at just cleaning a boat, you know, being on a boat, tying a line, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, um, get some kind of experience, um, apply for the job. You meant you never know, you might get it. You know, and a lot of people say dock walking is not a good thing, but you can it see, I like to tell people too, it's where you hang out. You know, if you know you're gonna if you know you want to be a dive instructor, you're not gonna hang out with construction workers. You know, you're going to surround yourself with people that are in the industry. Mm -hmm. So you learn as much as you can. You ask questions, you know, even with yachting. If you want to be in yachting, you're going to hang out around some of the marinas. The green parrot. <laughs> Is it breaking up? No, 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 no. You're good. I was saying green parrot. That's I know that's a very popular spot for people to go to in the industry. <laughs> It's breaking up. No. <laughs> Are we back? Oh, no. This oh is... no. I think it's gone haywire again. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, yes, you can hear me. 
This is actually quite comical. <laughs> as again, uh, Katie is on a remote island, uh, still in the country, but as we know, a lot of our other islands, proper islands also have issues with internet, but she's actually not even on one of the main islands. So um, bear with us as she restores her connection. Oh, there she is. We have two of you. <laughs> you have two of me. Well, we've removed the other. <laughs> I always wanted to clone myself. Yeah. And and as one of the viewers is saying, you looked and sounded fine. I guess just on your end, you couldn't hear me speaking with you, but you hadn't cut out or anything. So, okay. But yeah, um, you started talking about, you know, hanging out in areas where these people are. Oh, I think you're frozen. Are you frozen? Mm. Are you back? Hello? Hi. Okay. I'm going to turn my camera off just to see if that helps. Okay. Fortunately, we are winding down this episode, um, so we'll hope to get Katie back soon. But dock walking, I know that's a question we have in the audience. Um, if, from my knowledge, dock walking is when you simply, um, it's almost like freelancing where you go out and you just walk the docks where the yachts are parked in hopes that you can speak with one of the maybe mates or captains or somebody to just ask about employment. So simply similar to um, with construction workers walking on site, like walk-ins, um, it's similar to that. Um, which, as you started to say, some people frown upon that, but then some people actually kind of encourage that because that's the only way you can kind of get out there. And I've heard of a lot of instances where people who um, are here for the day, maybe one of their crew gets sick and needs to stop the part of the journey, uh, they just ask, hey, is there anyone available to hop on today? And you may just be dock walking and, and get called on. Um, but yeah, so I... I will hang out for a few minutes, but I will remind everyone that if you do want to get in contact with Katie, uh, her website is mermaidkds.com. Uh, and you can also, if you want to support her supporting other people getting involved in the yachting industry, please check out the mersquad.com. You can see that on the screen here, slash, or is it backslash, melanin yachties. And I actually, I'm going to have to go and buy one of these as soon as possible because I, I would love to support her and all of the things that she does for people who are trying to get into the industry. Um, and so <laughs> I, I think I'm going to just take this time to slowly wrap up the show. Let me double check my phone to see if Katie is forward slash. Thank you. Thank you. It was forward slash. Let me see if Katie's actually messaging me. Yeah. So again, um, I'm going to take this time to, <laughs> close out the show because um, we may not be sure how long Katie will be out. This will not be her last time on the show. And her and I spoke about this prior to us getting in on, on the live is, you know, she has so many things to talk about, so many things that are in development that it would be a disservice uh, to not bring her back on. But if you are interested in getting involved with some of the things that she's doing specifically right now related to getting into the yacht industry, you have her social media handle up there. She's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at mermaid Katie S and you can just look out for her comment, email her and keep watching Siren Sunday. So you can get connected with so many other people like mermaid Katie. I'm looking forward to having her come on again one day. She is someone I would typically ask about now who is someone in the sector that, Oh, I think I see her coming back. Um, so I'll bring her back. <laughs> I'm on my phone. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. 
Which is fine. I was literally just telling them um, how to get in contact with you, website, social media. But I would love for you to do your closeout, though, still. like. Um, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to get in connection with me, hopefully my internet works. <laughs> um, you can go to, I have, actually, if you go to my main website, www.mermaidkatie, with an S at the end, Com. You can actually get to all of my websites from there. Um, if you use the tab on the side, it has all of the, the different websites that I have, like my businesses and everything. So you can check that out. And then if you want to check me out on Instagram, it's at Mermaid Katie's. <laughs> awesome. And I wonder if we have time for you to say someone who inspires you in the sector, whether that's international or local. Okay, let's see. Other than the people I love that surround me in the ocean, um, I would have to say, I'm going to say Zandi. <laughs> and just for the record, because um, I don't think a lot of people know who Zandi is, I found out about Zandi um, probably even prior to me knowing that you and her were connected, but she is another mermaid in our wonderful community, a melanated mermaid from South Africa. So Katie, has she's global, guys. Katie's global. <laughs> Yes, is um, yeah, she's been inspiring me for a very long time. And whenever I feel like I can't do it, I call her and she, she gives me a pep talk, slaps me, not literally, but you know, slaps me back into it and says, you can do this. And I would have to say it'll be her. She inspires me every day with all the things that she's doing. I don't know if you guys know her, but if you want to check her out, um, I think her name on Instagram is Zandi the Mermaid. I will pop that into. I think so. Yeah. I also pop that. A in. lot of really great things, you know, and she she's traveling now, so she's not just in South Africa. So I'm proud of her. <laughs> that is awesome. And so, just final thoughts for viewers: Is there a quote or words of inspiration that helped to keep you going that you'd love to share with some of our viewers today before we head out? Okay, I have a few. Be authentically you, and then. The last one is my motto. Like I always say, just keep swimming. <laughs> I do love that one. I think that that applies to life, to being stuck in the ocean, to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to so many things. Um, but Katie, thank you so much for taking time out. I know we were worried about this being a difficult connection. I'm happy that it started faltering at the end, like right <laughs> now. But I'm super excited to have you back one day. Maybe next time you'll be in Nassau and we could do an in-person episode. But thank you so much. Um, and I say that on behalf of me and my viewers. I think this was such a great episode and it was so inspiring. And, and I always enjoy our conversations. So thank you. For thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you to everybody else. Awesome. <laughs> well, I will see you guys all next week. Thank you for riding this wave with us and see you next time.